It's time for Heat Wave Sports. Sit back and relax as you take a tour around the world of sports each and every Saturday and Sunday night. And now, your hosts for Heat Wave Sports, Tim Unglesby and Tom Barton. All right, Las Vegas, it is a Saturday night. It is the famous Heat Wave Sports Super Bowl preview show. That's right, guys. I'm Tom Barton from TomBartonSports.com. Tim Unglesby is with me. Jose Volante is with me. But we will be represented by a lot of former guys that are attached to the show, of current people that are attached to the show. And I shouldn't just say guys, guys, women, everything. We want your numbers. We want your scores. We want your prop plays. We want it all. Two hours of sports talk. We are going to preview the Super Bowl inside and out. And we are going to get a lot of help doing that tonight. Like I said, I'm Tom Barton, TomBartonSports.com. You guys go check me out on Twitter at TomBartonSports. Jose Volante is on the line with me. Go check him out at Twitter at Jose underscore Volante. And Tim Unglesby is also on the line. So it's going to be a three-man booth moving forward with everybody jumping on board with us. Guys, look, this is a unique Super Bowl. When you look at it, it is supposed to be a good Super Bowl. And you can say that about every year. But I can't remember the last time we had two dynamic, sure number one teams. They had the same exact record. Both of these teams got the number one overall seed. Both of these teams got the only buy in the history of the Super Bowl. This is a new thing uh, where both of these teams were the number one seed and got the only buy in each one of their respective conferences. Both of these teams are led by one MVP, one guy that finished second in the MVP. And before he missed two of the last three games, could argue that he was the leader. And you looked at those betting statistics, he was the leader. A lot of dynamics going on in the Super Bowl that tell you it's going to be close. But the point spread is what I always look at, guys. And there's only been four point spreads in the history of the Super Bowl that have been under two. Well, this number sits at under two. We'll talk about some of the movement that has gone on in this Super Bowl. Let me introduce the crew to you, though. Tim, how are you doing tonight, my man? Tommy, our favorite show of the year, and I'm stuck in a double tree in Bakersfield, California. How does that happen, man? The biggest show of the yeah, year. It, it, terrible. Terrible. <laughs> I got to I gotta pray and hope that this internet in the double tree works for us. But, hey, look, either way, we got a big show, like you said. The, the best part about it is everybody gets to put their, their two cents in, give their predictions, give their favorite prospects. This is a fun show, man, and um, I'm looking forward to, to everybody – calling in tonight and telling everybody what they think is going to happen because you're right this is number one versus number one right and in the in this so much has happened in the two weeks that really we get to break it down one last time for everybody before tomorrow's big game tim you know you mentioned one against one it with the same record like i said number one and the quarterbacks look the quarterbacks are both dynamic quarterbacks but they also both have a serious flaw both of them are still sort of recovering from an injury. And you talk to Philadelphia fans and they say, no, 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 no. Don't worry about it. Jalen Hurts is going to be fine. He hasn't looked fine. He has not looked fine before he went down. He didn't look fine since he's come back. Patrick Mahomes, we know that injury can be a problem, except he has now had three ankle injuries in his career. Two of them on the left leg performed really well with that. And one of them with the right leg, which he looked real good against Cincinnati. But can he keep this going against a pass rush like Philadelphia? We'll get into that. Jose, how are you doing tonight? 
I'm good, man. I'm excited, ready to rock and roll. Big game tomorrow. Best part of the is, is happy holidays. I mean, what else do you want me to tell you? You know what I mean? It, it, let's rock and roll, baby. I'm excited. Thank you guys for uh, having me back on, and uh, let's talk some football. So, guys, you know, we talk all the time about what uh, a little bit of our personal lives and what do we do during the Super Bowl. Before we break down the game, and we will get into every asset uh, that you're going to need to put into your suitcase here and <laughs> into your brain, take this to go make money and go enjoy the game to the fullest. Uh, but I want to know what are you guys doing personally? It looks like Tim is going to be sitting in a Bakersfield uh, hotel room to watch the Super Bowl unless you get back to town. And Jose, what do you do on the Super Bowl? Actually, this year I don't have any plans. I'm gonna I'm gonna play it low and calm. I'm just gonna be at the house with the wife, watching the game, chilling, probably barbecuing, drinking a little bit. But normally I like to find a spot. I like to find a hangout, somewhere to go, get away from the house and just relax and enjoy myself. Normally it's a local bar, a restaurant, something like that, or one of the guys will be having a media event locally, but decides to just stay at home tonight, man. I mean, stay at home tomorrow and just enjoy it here and relax and not have to worry about any noise. Tim, what about you? Are you going to get home from Bakersfield? In time. I'm not going to be home, but I won't be in Bakersfield, thank goodness. You know, it's, uh, like you said, personal stuff. So yesterday I was bragging about being in San Diego, in Bakersfield, but whatever, right? So I will be in Burbank. Uh, my flight is like right around nine o'clock. So I'll actually be getting in right when the, the big super Sunday night edition of Heat Wave Sports kicks off. Chris Wynn is going to start the show with me before I can get calling from the vehicle. But uh, I'll be in Burbank somewhere. I'm going to find somewhere to go watch it. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's better or worse. I mean, I, I really don't. I don't know if it's. <laughs> Tommy coming Burbank out with the jokes Burbank. early. I, I'm not sure. I mean, all of California is just uh, not exactly the place you want to be. Sorry. <laughs> fire, fire shots from the East Coast. <laughs> so, so what about uh, what about your your bets, guys? I, I know that we all throw out bets, and everybody asks me all the time. You know. Uh, well, who do you like in the Super Bowl? And I've done, gone over this. I talked about this on YouTube. I talked about this on my my podcast this week, Wagering Week and Wanna Bet. Um, and I, I've spoken about this at length. When you're talking about when people say, what do you do for a living? I say, I'm a professional sports handicapper. Cool. Who do you like for the Super Bowl? And I go, I almost never bet the Super Bowl straight up. But I jumped on prop plays right away. I jumped on, I told you guys, I got $2,000 on a prop play that I got the first day the prop plays were, were released. I've sprinkled in after that. All of my plays are in. Now, look, things might change, you know, in the next uh, 24 hours or, or up until game time. Things might change. I might find a good line. But I'm pretty much set. I don't do boxes, right? I don't do any of that stuff. I just get my teams. I just get my prop plays. I just get my plays. And I like to have them in nice and early. So, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to wake up and kind of follow a little bit, bit of line movement and kind of get into the game. Do you guys still have to go down either to the casino or hit up on your mobile app? Are you still waiting for some prop plays or are you guys all set? I am. Uh, I'm all set because I had to do it before I left town, Tommy. In California, there's no, there's no betting. There's no mobile. There's nothing. So I, I did a little bit on the side and I did a couple – I did two prop plays. That's all I'm doing this year, man. I've, I've learned over the years, even even the fun ones, right, Tommy? Even the fun ones, if, unless you're going to really put a lot of money on it, I don't even think they're fun anymore. So I'm looking for straight value, and, and that's what I did. But I had to do it on Thursday, 
There's no betting in California. What about you, Jose? Are you all locked into your bets? You kind of one of the guys that wait until the last line move. So I've gone through a lot of these prop bets, and the main one that sticks out to me more than anything that is my main prop bet this year that I will say, and I was going back and forth between both of them. The first one is will there be a two-point conversion attempt, which is yes, minus 120, no, minus 110, but then you also have will there be a successful two-point conversion attempt at yes, plus 230, or no, minus 280. I look at it this way. If you think there's going to be an attempt, I think it's going to be successful. So I do like the plus 230 with the yes. That is the main bet that I am locking in when it comes to my prop bets for this weekend. But the only other thing that I'm going to be looking at is anytime touchdown scorers. Um, that's pretty much it, man. I don't really see too much value in anything else this year like I normally do other years. Well, it's pretty funny, guys. You know, we're talking about we are all laying off from different years. We've pulled back. At least you guys said that you definitely pulled back this year. Last year. Seven billion dollars was wagered across the United States. That's twenty dollars per every citizen in America bet on this game. The American Gaming Association is saying that fifty point four million adults will bet sixty one percent increase from the record from last year. <laughs> so we might be pulling it back, but not everybody is. Here's a good stat for you to lead off the show. Here, guys, the line is one and a half. Okay. The line across zero. Kansas City opened up as a favorite in some spots, and across zero, it's at one and a half. Philly's sitting there at one and a half. Depending on where you're shopping, the over under is about 51, 51 and a half. The outright winner of the Super Bowl is 47, 7, and 2 all time. That means if you like Philly, guys, who cares about the one and a half? And if you like KC, you better be on the money line. So let's get into it, guys. Let, let's let's go right into, we'll preview Kansas City. They're the underdogs. We'll pre- preview them first. Let's talk about Kansas City. I have gone on record and said, I think that this is a monumental game for not only Patrick Mahomes' legacy, but also Andy Reid's legacy. I think that you look at what Kansas City has done this year, and you lose Tyreek Hill. And I told you guys when I was sitting there next to you guys before the preseason, I said, I spoke to coaches in this league that were laughing at the idea that a wide receiver would make any kind of impact. And they all kind of chuckled and said, don't worry, Andy Reid will find a way. Well, he did. He had to replace 1,300 yards receiving from Tyreek Hill. He put together 1,800 with an array of different guys from Kadarius Toney to uh, Juju Smith to MVS and so on. Their offense has a little bit of a punch on the running game now with Pachenko. Their offense didn't lose a beat. Number one in offense, Travis Kelsey looks like he's hit the fountain of youth. He just propels himself in the playoffs. You look at all these things, then you go to the defense. You go, okay, they have a young secondary, might be able to be taken advantage of, but they played really well. Chris Jones is playing like defensive MVP. He's got a couple of, he either got one or two votes for defensive MVP this year. They have some interesting things in Kansas City as a team that went through a gauntlet of a schedule in some cases, but people point to their couple of losses. Here's the thing. I don't think people realize how close this team was to being unbelievable this year. They lost three games, guys, by eight points. So you're talking about eight points away from basically going undefeated, yet somehow or another, the publicly favored team, Kansas City, the team that the face of the NFL is in with Patrick Mahomes, the team has been in two Super Bowls in the last three years in Kansas City. I feel like they're not getting a lot of respect here. Am I off course? 
No, I agree. I, and I think that that's the just shows you the short window that quote unquote fans have nowadays, right? Because the darling of the AFC was was always going to be Buffalo this year, right, Tommy? Everybody wanted said Buffalo was going to win. I believe you and I both thought that as well. And it's almost like it's a slap in the face to the Chiefs. And I know that this team's been banged up, especially down the stretch here. But you're right. They, they were literally two touchdowns away from being undefeated this season. And coming into this, this Super Bowl, that's the key is, are the injured, how, how injured are they? How banged up is that receiving core? Because if I think if they're, they're healthy like they were three weeks ago, four weeks ago, this game could definitely get out of hand. And I'm, I'm not trying to take anything away from what Philadelphia did this year defensively and with that pass rush. But uh, I think if you're going to go by the schedule and, and what it took to get there, KC's schedule and road to the Super Bowl was much tougher than Philadelphia's. I agree. I think Kansas City has gotten... Yeah, I agree. I think Kansas City has gotten no respect whatsoever. It's been very quietly spoken about. We've heard Mahomes, obviously. We hear Kelsey's name throughout the year. But we really haven't heard much about the Kansas City Chiefs, if we're being honest. A lot of it has been on the Philadelphia Eagles, on Jalen Hurts, what they've done, what he's done, his growth, his development, right? That's all we've heard all year. What did I hear yesterday all day? Which you can take it either way. Oh, he got snubbed. Should, you know, Mahomes shouldn't have won the MVP. It should have been Jalen Hurts. But you know what I mean? You take it with a grain of salt. I think that Kansas City is the team to beat in the Super Bowl. I'm riding with Kansas City if I had to take a bet and choose an actual side. We talked about this last week as well, Tom, uh, Tim. But I just think that right now it's Kansas City's time. I, I believe in Jalen Hurts. I love Jalen Hurts. I have nothing against the Philadelphia Eagles. This is the first time in a very long time that I'm going to watch a Super Bowl where I'm happy with either side winning. I'm not against any side or I don't want any side to lose. But I just think that right now, the way that Patrick Mahomes is playing is just crazy. We're literally talking about a la Tom Brady. And what I mean by that, I don't like to compare people and say they're the next so-and-so. But the way that he's playing, the championship games that he's gotten to, the Super Bowls, I mean, we're looking at a dynasty overall with what he's creating over here in Kansas City. Jalen Hurts is going to be all right. He'll have his time to shine eventually. He's still young. He has a lot more time to play in this league. Now, the one thing that does worry me, though, is the injuries obviously right we know how patrick mahomes is with the foot with the ankle whatever it is the high ankle sprain but i think he'll be all right he's gonna tape it up he'll be there he'll be ready to go but again um um, um kansas city did the best thing they could this year even though they got rid of tyreek they were able to pick up guys marcus valdez scanling from green bay which didn't do all that much but did enough to help out this team jerick mckinnon coming out of the backfield being able to run and catch the ball and i just think that andy reed overall has the better coaching style, and he has more experience. And I think at the end of the day, he might come out and just be able to out-coach Nick Sirianni. You know, I love that you, you mentioned the word dynasty, the, the, the comparison to Brady, because I've seen that. And I did a, a video on YouTube. I love you guys to go help me out and, and go check that out at Tom Barton Sports over on YouTube. And while everybody's talking about this dynasty that is being built, and everybody's talking about Patrick Mahomes and what if he wins, right? It'll be two Super Bowl wins, two MVPs in his first five years in the league. It's, it's unheard of, right? Unbelievable. Jose, I addressed the topic of what if he loses? If if Patrick Mahomes loses the Super Bowl, first of all, there's no dynasty in Kansas City. The end. The dynasty is ended before it begins, number one. Number two, Patrick Mahomes is removed forever from being the greatest quarterback of all time. 
Now, maybe you could say he's in the top 10, sure. Maybe you could say he could creep back into the top five, sure. But the book is officially closed on Patrick Mahomes if he loses the Super Bowl. Let me explain why. Me and Timmy talked about this a little bit on the show. If he loses this Super Bowl and he goes one and two, how many does he have to win to get the Joe Montana people and the Tom Brady people to admit that he's better? Five? Six? Right? So you're talking about five or six in the next 10 or 12 years. There's a lot of pressure on Patrick Mahomes that I don't think that people are realizing. The same thing with Andy Reid. Andy Reid is a guy that went to five NFC Championship games in Philadelphia, only won one, and then lost the Super Bowl. Now he's been to two Super Bowls with Kansas City. He's got a losing Super Bowl record right now. He does not do great in championship games. If if ever he wins, we keep hearing, oh, if he if Andy Reid wins, he's going to be considered one of the greatest coaches of all time. Yeah, but if he loses, doesn't the moniker of being that loser also come into play? So I do think that Kansas City, while they are not getting the credit that they deserve, I like that you mentioned the Tom Brady comparisons because if they win, those will begin. I like that you mentioned the word dynasty because if they win, you could start talking about that. But if they lose, I think it's more of a detriment to Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid than we even realize. Yeah, I mean, when you put it that way, Tom, I mean, like, come on, you're going to make it a lot more difficult for me. But <laughs> definitely, when you put it that way, it does. I mean, I, I can agree to what you're saying because you basically there's it's 50-50 here. It could go good or it could go bad. There's no in-between whatsoever right here. At the end of the day, we're going to hear the good critics and we're going to hear the bad critics. And even if he wins, Tommy, we're still probably going to get those, well, he's still not better than Tom or he's still not better. You know what I mean? We're still going to oh, get those critics no, that are going to come out. That's not going to change. Yeah, he'll never guys, be better than Brady. Guys, if he loses, if he loses, he goes one and two now. Does that mean he has to win three to make up for the one loss? I think he's got to win four or five. Without losing I, I, anymore. Without, exactly. I, I, don't, I don't think three and two even makes the conversation – even kind of a thing four and two probably doesn't make it a conversation five and two you're gonna still have detractors he's got to win five more he's got to go five and oh in the next five super bowls if he loses this one make it six and two and now we have a conversation so 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 i have so i have a question because you you mentioned tommy and you said this and i i've never said this and i don't hear too many people say that you say that basically there people are comparing him saying he's the greatest of all time I think he's got a long, long way to go. And I don't know if you guys saw the video or not, and I don't like to quote certain people that I don't know, but Mike Francesa came out and had a little video not too, a couple of days ago, and he's basically broke it down. And it was hard to disagree with him. I don't think that Tom Grady is the greatest quarterback of all time. I don't even think he's the greatest Super Bowl quarterback of all time, nor the greatest regular season quarterback of all time. I hate to agree with people that are on TV because I don't really follow people like that, but... He, he put it down, and with the way he said things about Peyton Manning when it came to the regular season and the things that he said about Joe Montana when it came to the Super Bowl, it's kind of hard to take away what he said. Now, I've always said from the beginning, to me, the three first Super Bowls that Tom Brady won, he did not win those. Those were won on the leg of Adam Vinatieri. I understand you need a quarterback to get you there. At the end of the day, he still played good, but he did not do enough to win those games by himself he needed the foot of a kicker to get him those three quarterbacks so for us to put um, Patrick Mahomes in that conversation already I know he's been great to start his career but greatest of all time I think is a stretch right now 
Look, I like Mike and the Mad Dog as much as anybody when they were together. The Pope was great. But Francesca says some ridiculous things, and I would tell him that to his face. I, <laughs> I interned for them, okay? For anybody that has ever watched football, to not say Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time is you're looking for clicks. You're not understanding the game <laughs> or, or, or whatever. It, it's, it's a laughable, laughable decision. It, it's people that claim that Babe Ruth isn't the greatest of all time. It's a laughable decision. Now, it's not as bad as the Ruth conversation. Uh, but Francesca goes on, and, and I heard the same thing. The, the detractors of Tom Brady will go out there and they'll say things like, well, you know what? Joe Montana was undefeated in the Super Bowl. Yeah, but Joe Montana lost quite a few times in the championship games. So are we taking it away that Brady was better during the championship games? As far as regular season goes, you know, that's an, a valid argument. Tom Brady was not the greatest regular season quarterback every single year. But his career certainly says that he was. His numbers say that he was. It's not like the guy doesn't have MVPs. It's not like the guy didn't have spectacular, unbelievable seasons when you gave him a guy like Randy Moss. And I could say this about Patrick Mahomes. You know, I've I've started to hear the conversation because you know this, guys. Tim, you know, Jose, you know, everybody likes the new shiny thing. But Patrick Mahomes, what they're doing is they're saying, wow, if this is what he could do in the first five years, imagine what he's going to do in the next 10. And they're saying he made three Super Bowls in the first five years. That means he's going to make three Super Bowls every five years, which means nine. No, you can't do it like that, right? He's got two MVPs. And I will give you a guy that I like to bash on all the time, guys. And that's Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers is a guy that reminds me a lot of Patrick Mahomes. Now, Patrick Mahomes got to more Super Bowls than him, of course. But he's an unbelievable talent when it comes to pure athleticism and talent. But I go on performance. And let me give you Patrick Mahomes' Super Bowl statistics here for anybody that's saying Patrick Mahomes is the greatest of all time or should be in a conversation like that. Patrick Mahomes has played in two Super Bowls, guys. He's 52 of 91. That's a 57% completion percentage. That's bad. He's got 573 total yards in two games. Not exactly, you know, Montana and Brady. Remember, Brady threw for 500 yards in a loss. Three touchdowns, four turnovers. 64 passer rating. Guys, Patrick Mahomes has come up very small in the big game. Tim, where do you think where do you think the overreaction is going to be if he wins tomorrow night? Oh, Hall of Fame, right? He's Hall of Fame bound with with two Super Bowls. He's Hall of Fame bound and I think here's the thing We've been talking so far the show about uh, the respect, I think, of where his legacy goes after this game tomorrow. And obviously, we always have the overreaction. So I don't know if that if the, if we we look at it that way. But do you think he's looking at it that way, Tom? Because Jose said as well, he won another MVP, and everybody was crapping all over it. So I think the injury, the the fact that everybody's down on the Chiefs for some reason, that all plays into mindset and motivation. So I think uh, a win, he's Hall of Fame bound. A loss, he's a bust. I mean, there's no other, there's no in between that tomorrow. So it, it, there is a lot riding on this. It's there, There's so much more riding on him, I think, for this game, based off of all that that you guys just said. But when we get into the Philadelphia Eagles talk, there's a lot more 
that I think is riding on the other quarterback's shoulders. And not only that, inside his head, if we're being honest with you. But when it comes to Kansas City, man, it, it, it's going to be one of those conversations where you guys just said, is he first ballot? Does he walk in? Does he not? When you already have people conversating about his his running mate and Travis Kelsey, there's a lot of people that say that Travis Kelsey retired today. He's first ballot walking in Hall of Fame. Are we saying that about Patrick Mahomes? Doesn't sound like it, right? But yet that's the guy that's been throwing him the ball this whole time. It's crazy how we're basing his Hall of Fame possibility. Obviously, we know he's going to get there, but how soon or how quick based off of this one game coming in tomorrow. But yet he's done so much already in his young, early career. But it's crazy how the critics are going to be out at the end of the day, no matter what, guys. Win or lose, we are going to hear a lot more, I think, about Kansas City and, the pa and Patrick Mahomes than we are about the Philadelphia Eagles. Guys, I will say one thing. Patrick Mahomes walked into a situation where he took over a perennial playoff team for Alex Smith, a team that got real far into the playoffs, an established tight end in Travis Kelsey with a, a Super Bowl quarterback, uh, a Super Bowl head coach that Plug is known play, for Tommy. lifting up quarterbacks. I always get asked a question because it's the notorious question of, you know, the Bears turned down Patrick Mahomes, right? I mean, they, they didn't draft him. It was atrocious. And I always answer that with, Patrick Mahomes would not be Patrick Mahomes if he was on the Bears. They didn't have the coaching in place. They didn't have the Hall of Fame core tight end. Patrick Mahomes would not have been Patrick Mahomes. He would have been good. Agreed. But I, I don't think he's bringing the Bears to the Super Bowl because they didn't have the coaching in place. No, and I agree with you 100%. And I hate that narrative when every time when someone, well, I would, well, if, if we would have drafted this guy, he would. No, he wouldn't have. We don't know how anyone would have been in anywhere. But people don't understand his situation, systems, coaching. Everything is different. It's easy to look at a situation as a fan on the outside looking in and go, oh, this guy would be way better with us. I didn't know we were all general managers all of a sudden. So I hate that narrative 100%. Guys, every great. Wide receiver. Every great quarterback had a good receiver. Every great quarterback at some time during his tenure had a good receiver. Well, some some had good offensive line. Some had good running games. Some had good defenses. But they all absolutely had a coach: Montana and Walsh, right? Belichick and Brady and Reed and Mahomes. So I'm not taking it away from him, but just understand the situation he walked into. Let's take a timeout, guys. But before we do, I want to hear from you guys. It's eight seven six thirteen forty. 876-1340. You can hit me up at HW Sports and Tom Barton Sports over on Twitter. Brian Feldman gives his prediction. First prediction of the night, guys. He says, sorry, he couldn't come on to the show tonight. Defense wins championships. He's going with the old adage. The Eagles are better on both sides in the trenches. He's taking the Eagles by 10-plus points. His final score, 28-17. His favorite prop play, Juju Smith-Schuster, 18-1 to to score the first touchdown. Philly gets out, Kansas City gets out to a, a lead, but Philly wins going away. He says that D of Philadelphia is that front defense is just really good, and they're going to lead the league in sack. They led the league in sacks, and they're going to be in the backfield all day. So we have one vote for Philly. It looks like he's going with the under and a nice, comfortable win by Philadelphia. Let's take a quick timeout. When we get back, we'll start to break down the Eagles. I know that Jose has a lot to say about Jalen Hurts. What about the running game? What about Nick Sirianni? And I think he's getting a little overlooked, so we'll do all of that. And we got to get some more predictions from you guys again. We'll be taking your calls and reading any tweets that you do send in. All that and more right after this right here on Heat Waves. All right, guys, welcome back. We're talking the Super Bowl, of course. What else will we be talking about? And we love getting predictions. We talked about Kansas City early here. 
broke down the Chiefs in the first part of the show, and we finished it off with a Philadelphia Eagles win prediction from Brian Feldman. Let's go back to the prediction and over to the Heat Wave hotline, 876-1340. You guys want to be involved in the show. Steve, you have a prediction for us. How are you doing tonight? Tommy, always a pleasure. How are you doing? Doing outstanding, outstanding. So what's your uh, what's your take on the game? Do you have a prop play that you're already in on? What are you looking at for tomorrow? I like the Chiefs. I, uh, my heart, I'd love to see uh, Philly pull it off, but I just look at Mahomes as, as the best player on the field, and I just think that's just a little too much offense for Philly. Their defense has been great all year. They're, they're right where they want to be, but uh, I just think Kansas City's got the answers to them. Yeah, you know, look, uh, the, the idea that going with the best player on the field is something that has worked for <laughs> you know, any Patriots fan for a very long time with Brady being the best player on the field. And, and it, it's the will to win. Do you have any concerns that the best player on the field might not be playing at 100%? You know, I think that two weeks is huge. With the, I'm sure he, of course, got treatment for the last 14 days straight. And, uh, you know, he was, he was whipping around. We all saw him, uh, you know, certainly not at his best. But uh, 80% of Patrick Mahomes is better than uh, just, about, uh, just about any other quarterback in the NFL. All right, Steve, thank you very much. Yeah, look, Patrick Mahomes, I don't think that there was any doubt. I mean, coming into the season, I was on the Josh Allen bandwagon. I thought that he had reached the heights of potentially being the best player in the NFL. Um, I was generally convinced about it. I, I think Patrick Mahomes slapped that notion down and slapped it down hard. And it, the NFL is not a league where one player is what it's all about. Obviously, 11 players, two sides of the ball. You have three facets, facets of the game. This is not the NBA where you get one player going crazy and he completely changes the team. It's not that. But the quarterback is so vital. And it feeds off of them. I get it. I get why you're going Kansas City. So we got one for KC. We have one. Feldman said a blowout by the Eagles, even though he's got uh, Kansas City getting off to an early start. So that that is interesting. We got one and one. Jose, Tim, let's talk the Eagles, right? You had this team that before the season began, I gave out two teams on the air right here that I was taking their team total over. I gave out the Minnesota Vikings and Philadelphia Eagles. And it wasn't that I loved the Eagles overall. It was that I looked at their schedule and I said, wow, their schedule's a joke. And Philadelphia did a lot of things in the offseason to correct a lot of their problems from last year, i.e. get defensive help, which they wound up even getting even in season. I did like the idea of the A.J. Brown signing. I thought Smith was going to develop all the things that I saw in front of me. But it still comes down to the idea that Jalen Hurts – is the guy that's running this offense. Jalen Hurts is the guy that makes this all flow. But it also goes to the idea that they did have an easy schedule, guys. You know, before the season, it looked like an easy schedule. During the year, it was an easy schedule. And in the playoffs, it was certainly an easy schedule. This is by far the best team that they're going to face. And don't give me San Francisco with a fourth-string banged-up quarterback, right? This is by far the best team that they're going to face. I know Dallas was a decent team. Come on. They're nowhere near Kansas City. The Giants, are we really going to compare Daniel Jones to Patrick Mahomes? No. So while the Eagles did lead the league in sacks and rush percentage, rushing the quarterback percentage, huge, they were susceptible to the run for a lot of the year. Then they got a couple of veterans, brought that in. 
And they were able to do some things defensively that they were hoping to correct over the offseason. Offensively, they have everything that you want. Everything that you can look at. They can run the ball with a three-headed running back attack. Boston Scott scoring last week, or two weeks ago, I should say. Gainwell's good. Miles Sanders is fantastic. And really a four-headed attack with Jalen Hurts, who I don't think is a running quarterback like Tim does, but he's got the legs. Smith, Brown, Goddard, good offensive line. It's hard not to like this offense as much as we're staring at the Chiefs' offense. So the question is, do we not believe in the Eagles because of their weak schedule? Or is it, hey, they just didn't have anybody to give them a push in front of them? Tim, what do you think? To use, you know, one of the original founders of Heatwave Sports, Ron Natty, used to always say this, Tommy, because our famous thing was, Let's go to the schedule, right? We got to look at the schedule because it does say a lot about what what it, what the future holds and what happened in the past. And he always said, Tom, well, that's the, those are the games that they had to play, right? Those were the games that were put in front of them. But he never came through with a, a reasoning for that. And we look at it as, yes, the schedule was com- way comparatively weak than was KC's. And they stayed relatively healthy this year, right, Tom? And they were able to bring in veteran pieces to build this team into a Super Bowl team. So I think it has everything to do with it. But with that being said, they won the games they had to win to get here. Where does that play as a disadvantage to them? And we go back to what I know Jose wants to talk about, and that's the quarterback position, because I wasn't sold on him when they drafted him. I'm not sold on him now. He needs to prove to me in in order to get my approval that, that he belongs in the top tier quarterbacks in the NFL. I just don't, I just don't see it, Tommy. And if we're going to go down to, we're going to come down to uh, X's and O's, uh, advantages, disadvantages, I still like Kansas City at the quarterback position, which everybody knows is the most important position on the field. I'm going to throw out the craziest thing, and I know I'm going to get a lot of backlash from it because I've already had a lot of people tell me that I'm an idiot for saying this, that, oh, you're just trying to – you're just reaching at this point and trying to find things to talk about. I'm throwing out reality. If we're all alive and we're breathing and we're listening to this radio show right now, it's called reality, and we all need to learn to accept it. And the one thing about reality is that reality can hit you in the face at any point in time. And let's remember, reality hit Jalen Hurts in the one most – Toughest times of his career in his life. The national championship game when he got benched for Tua to come in and Tua to take over and win the game. But what has happened with Jalen Hurts ever since then? He leaves Alabama, has the greatest statistical career of his college season in Oklahoma, better than whatever he did in Alabama. Now comes into a Philadelphia Eagles situation where wasn't necessarily supposed to be the guy coming in. Probably didn't even want him here. And then you have a coach that comes in and basically takes over what's there. I think that at the end of the day, you need to think about the mental factor of it. Call me crazy. Call me a reacher. Call me someone that's just trying to find clicks. I don't care what you say. It is true. What is going to happen to this kid when it comes down to it? And let's say Andy Reid makes some adjustments and gets him down to the point where he doesn't know what to do, where he gets stuck, where he throws an interception and his team is down, where he makes that one big mistake. Is that going to click back into his mind? I get it. You've been interviewed. You've been said numerous times. 
that that one moment made you the person that you are today. But we're going to find out tomorrow if that is truly the fact and the truth. Did it really make you who you are today? Or are you going to continue to grow and be someone that we're going to see? I think that you cannot hide from the mental factor. It is there. I don't know if Jalen Hurts is 100% that guy right now. Am I a fan of him? Am I a fan of what he's done? Do I feel that he should have probably won the MVP? Yeah, I'm not going to take any of that away from him. But at the end of the day, I think we need to be realists. And the realist is that that mental aspect of it is 100% there. And is it going to come back up tomorrow? That is the biggest question mark to me when it comes to Jalen Hurts. Tommy, you talk about the three-headed monster running the ball. What happens if that gets shut down and now we know the game plan is to throw the ball and he throws a pick? Where does his mental status go from there? Because he, you know, he wasn't really tested mentally this year, I don't think. No, they certainly wasn't tested mentally at any point in almost any game this year at all. They've had zero adversity. They had an absolute joke of a schedule. And you're right. Um, while we talked about all the pressure being on Mahomes, he knows how to handle that pressure. At least he's – I don't know if he's going to perform well under the pressure, but at least he's been there. Uh, Jalen Hurts is a completely new territory. To completely new territory. And while we all look back and we go, man, he was benched for Tua. Ah, that's terrible. He was benched for Tua. Remember when he was benched for Tua? Guys, do you know why he was benched for Tua? Because his head coach, which is generally considered one of the top head coaches in the history of college football, didn't think he had what it took to win that championship. He didn't think he had the mental fortitude to win. Now, you can tell me he's a different quarterback. You can tell me he's a different, different system. You can tell me a lot of things. I'm not a big Nick Saban guy. Nick Saban evaluated two quarterbacks at that moment and said, who gives me a better chance to win? I'm pulling the guy out that already has the job. So that should be telling in itself. Now, we always go back to the schedule, and we know things are different. But here's what I'm going to tell you. Since their bye week, October 17th, here's the quarterback they have faced, guys. Okay? Mitch Trubinsky and Kenny Pickett. They faced Houston's ridiculous <laughs> Davis Mills, Washington, and their turnover in quarterbacks. Indianapolis and their turnover in quarterbacks. Ryan Tannehill, Daniel Jones twice. Dak Prescott in a game where they lost. Andy Dalton in a game where they lost. Justin Fields in a game where they almost lost. And then they faced Aaron Rodgers. So they really faced two real quarterbacks. I love Justin Fields, but he's not a real quarterback throwing the ball. To this defense that everybody wants to say is great, faced two real quarterbacks since October 17th, guys. Aaron Rodgers, dysfunctional offense, put up 33. Dak Prescott put up 40. That's the concern. It's not that they went through all these quarterbacks and, you know, their teams were just bad. No, 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 no. Not only did they not get a competition from a, a standpoint of, well, non-playoff teams, Pittsburgh, Houston, Washington, Indy, you know, Green Bay, Tennessee, non-playoff teams. No, but the quarterbacks they faced, they have faced two real quarterbacks since the 17th of October. Two real quarterbacks. And those quarterbacks put up 40 and 33 against them. That's why when Brian Feldman comes around and says how good the Eagles defense is, I'm going, yeah, but who do they face? 
Who do they go up against? I'm not sitting here telling you that I'm I'm this great Kansas City fan here, and I'm going nuts about KC. But does that worry you guys that it's not the teams that they play that didn't get tested? Because like you said, Ron says you got to play the teams in front of you. But they played the quarterbacks in front of them and gave up 33 and 40 to the only real two quarterbacks. Yeah, exactly. You're not playing Patrick Mahomes every single week. You're not playing a guy like Patrick Mahomes every single week. You got to look at everything. I understand. And I am one of those guys that stands behind that, too. But you got to play what's in front of you. You know, I can't control that. I'm sorry. It is what it is. It's the schedule. That is true 100 percent. It is what it is. You have to play your schedule. But then you also have to take a step back and look at that. I mean, it's going to be one of those games where they're going to get hit in the mouth and they're going to get hit in the mouth harder than they've been hit all season long. And what are they going to do about it? And that goes back to what I said about, you know, adjustments and things of that nature. And that's why I feel that Andy Reid is the better head coach in this situation, because I don't think Nick Sirianni as a coach, forget the players, Nick Sirianni as a coach has not been hit in the mouth with that type of scenario or that type of situation where he's like, holy crap, what am I going to do here? I don't think they've seen that just yet. And I get it. The whole thing with Andy Reid, he's lost some games. He's lost some big games. But experience-wise, I just think he has it. I haven't given you a pick, but I might as well say it now. The line keeps moving. I'm looking at minus one now for the Eagles, so you're not getting that much more money on the Chiefs when it comes to the plus side of it if you're trying to get that one point and a half or two. I like the Chiefs in this game. I think the Chiefs will win this game. And here's the biggest thing, too. A lot of people talk about defense, defense, defense. Defense wins Super Bowls, and it's going to be a big defensive game. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. And for Feldman to say that he believes that a team is going to run away with it, how would you not think it might be high-scoring then when one team is going to start off hot and you feel the other one's going to run away with it? I think it's going to be a high-scoring game both ways. I don't think the defenses will be much of a factor in this. I see it being high-scoring. If you want me to give you a prop bet, I'll give you my favorite prop bet on the Eagles side. I think Kenneth, Kenneth Gainwell, over four-and-a-half rushing attempts, is a gift. He's had 12 and 14, I believe, in his last two games in the playoffs. The Eagles love to run the ball, and they don't just run with one guy. They separate it. Miles Sanders has also had 12 and 15 attempts in the last two games so i think that that's a look that you can look at there if you want to look at when it comes to the betting side but if if i want to give you the picks and give you what i got give me kansas city straight up winning this game and i like the over it's down to 50 and a half now which means it's even moving more so that's what i got right now guys all right jose yeah we were gonna hold off on the uh on the pick so that's it. oh i'm jose, sorry i'm sorry <laughs> Let's right. jump the gun. Jose likes AC in the over. Gives you some prop plays with it's good. Film, Filming got me going over there, giving his picks. <laughs> well, Jose, let, let, let me ask you this, and we'll, we'll stay with the Eagles here for the next couple of minutes. Uh, we're going to get Tim's pick on the other side of the break. Um, we'll stay with the Eagles here because you mentioned Gainwell. Everybody I talk to loves Gainwell. Over yards, over carries. It is the number one prop play on the board. It is being bet ridiculously heavy. It is being bet up. Everybody loves Gainwell, Gainwell, Gainwell. And I can't say that I don't, but I will say this. Miles Sanders has been the guy. Miles Sanders has been the guy for most of the year. Miles Sanders is a guy that's looking for a big payday. Miles Sanders is also listed well higher than Gainwell in an MVP rotation. Miles Sanders is also the guy that scored twice in the playoffs. 
Boston Scott is also there. Boston Scott's gotten a bunch of carries. Boston Scott's numbers for yards was five and a half four days ago. It's 11 today. It was two and a half carries. It's up to four and a half carries. Is there a worry if you're going out there, if you're Philadelphia, to make sure that you feed all these guys correctly? Is there that concern? Because we talk about a three-headed attack and keeping guys fresh, and this is that's great. But any running back you've ever talked to, Tim, any running back we've ever interviewed, you've ever interviewed in your life, say they like consistency. They want consistency. They want consistency. Does Sanders, Scott, Gainwell kind of negate each other? And maybe there isn't a, a running back flow, and Philadelphia shoots themselves in the foot by trying to get them all involved? That's all based off of what Kansas City's defense is going to do. Are you going to make Jalen Hurst throw the ball and you're going to take away the run all the way around from him? I think that's what it comes down to, right, Tommy? What is Kansas City's defense going to do? That's how you answer that question. I don't know how Tim feels about it, but that's what I think. At the end of the day, it all comes down to Kansas City's defense. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't I don't know. Uh, I would hope Sirianni goes with the hot hand, right? Instead of trying to mix it up and, and uh, get everybody enough to eat, if somebody's having a good game, he should just continue to go with that. I mean, I know we've gone away from the, the legendary running backs in the Super Bowl, but I think at this point, why, if you're going to try to make everyone happy, you're going to end up hurting yourself somewhere in the long run, especially if, if you're struggling and your quarterback starts getting in his head and we're going to go right back to the Hurts thing. Again, if, if they cannot start off efficiently unless he comes out just bombing away if they cannot set up an efficient ground game i want to see how that pressure is going to feel number one they're trailing and he tries to do too much to get him back in the game or number two he feels like he has to do too much because they're not able to move the ball i say you stick Tim, with what got not, you here i'm not going against the idea here by the way that they will not come out throw it, it might be that they target mcduffie who is young and a guy that in the backfield you could you know you could jump on you could take advantage of they might do that you would you put it completely out of the realm of possibility that they come out and they target the big tall AJ Brown and the the playmaker and Smith over and over i i'm looking at this and i'm saying it wouldn't shock me if they did do that tim yeah look anything can happen here i mean you we're just going by what their strengths were coming into this game but you know, it, it changes dramatic. What happens if KC goes down and scores on the opening drive? Philly punts it. KC scores again. All of a sudden, that game plan is gone, right? They're gonna they're gonna start overreacting. And generally, you see these coaches do that. They try to they they don't want to fall too far behind, so they go away from what the game plan was originally. So yeah, I could definitely see that happening. I think that goes back to Jose's kind of mindset, where he said Jalen hurts. You know, we don't know. He might panic, right? I mean, he might. Well, so so might Nick Sirianni. You know, let's take a quick look at him. I know we got to take a break in about two minutes here. But a quick look at Nick Sirianni. It, it says he was been thrust into this position. He's done a really good job against, as we've shown, pretty bad competition. You can't take anything away from him from a coaching ranks. But Nick Sirianni kind of came out of nowhere, right? He wasn't the highly touted coach. He wasn't the guy uh, that went through the gauntlet. Are we all sure that Nick Sirianni is up for this? I don't. I don't think. He, I'm not gonna say I don't think he is because that that's that's basically trying to act like I know it all and that's just wrong. I don't know that, but I don't think he will be. And and again, it just goes back to the whole thing with 
Andy Reid, the coaching, the adjustments. I don't know if Nick Sirianni is going to be able to do that. I don't know if he's going to have that type of experience just yet where he can go against a coach like Andy Reid and try to outcoach him and figure that out. And, and I just said it a minute ago when you guys were talking, you need to stick to what got you here. I, I hate when coaches try to go away and get cute and try to do other things to try to mix it up. It's not going to work that way. Get with, to what got you here. If you need to adjust, then figure it out at that point. But make sure you have a game plan to adjust just in case if that happens to you. A lot of these coaches don't do that, and then they get stuck in the moment, and that's when they get outcoached by the guy on the other side of the sideline. So I'm not sure if Nick Sirianni is up for this task, but he's gotten his team to this point. It's just a matter of can they finish it now. All right, guys, we are going to take a quick timeout, but we do have – Somebody hit us up over on Twitter, and you guys could hit us up over on Twitter. It's at Tom Barton Sports, at Heatwave Sports. Also, 876-1340 if you want to jump on board. Uh, we have a, a few predictions from a longtime friend of the show's, Fernando. He says, play calling and officiating. Uh, call Shepard's crew, crew chief will throw seven-plus flags. <laughs> uh, they, they like to throw flags, so he's going on a lot, of, a lot of penalties. That's a lot of stopping the game. Prop play, he's got a defensive touchdown. Safety, he's got overtime. He likes uh, uh, under the 50 as well. And he's got the Chiefs winning 27-24. Buckner uh, hits the the uh, game winner there. Hey, look, seems like he's got a pretty good one, right? A, a pretty pretty fun game there from Fernando. Thanks for listening and thanks for writing in, Fernando. All right, let's take a quick timeout. When we get back, hour number two, we're going to break down each unit. Running backs against running backs. Wide receivers, wide receivers, tight ends, tight ends, defenses. We're going to give you some prop plays. We're going to give you some extras, right? Don't worry. We're not talking about what song Rihanna will sing or what color Chris Stapleton's hat's going to be. <laughs> but I got some Gatorade stuff for you if you really want that. We're going to have a lot of fun. Hour number two on the other side of this break. It's Tim. It's Tom. It is Jose. We'll be back right after this with more Heat Wave Sports. Now back to Heat Wave Sports. All right, guys, hour number two here on Heatwave Sports. You can't listen to DX and not get pumped up, man. I'm standing in my living room uh, doing the chop to nobody's hanging around with me. It's, it's weird. It's weird. But I'm, I'm all pumped up, and you got to get pumped up for tomorrow. I don't care if you're a Chiefs fan. I don't care if you're an Eagles fan. you got to get pumped up. It's a big game. I say it all the time. Look, you can make just as much money from a betting standpoint you know, on a Tuesday afternoon between uh, the White Sox and the Royals in June that you get on the Super Bowl, but it doesn't have the flavor. It doesn't have the pizzazz of this, right? It, people aren't betting on the coin toss and the time of the national anthem and uh, the, the halftime show and all that. So I have a crazy number for you here, guys. I have a crazy stat for you. The team that has won the coin toss has gone on to lose the game in eight consecutive Super Bowls. The team wow. that has won the, the coin toss. So if they're winning the coin toss, that's it. I mean, it, it's fact, right? I mean, you, you got to love these trends. And by the way, our buddy Jay Cornegy um, puts this out here today. And I just love how Jay words things. <laughs> I really do. And Jay Cornegy basically said um, earlier today, the ticket wagered 54% is on heads, 46 is on tails. But the money wager is 55% heads, 45% tails. Jay says, sharps are on the tails. <laughs> oh so, yeah, you get, get a little funny with this Super Bowl stuff. 
Guys, it's Tom Barton. I'm from TomBartonSports.com. Tim Unglesby, Jose Volante is with me. And you guys, we're getting predictions from all over. 876-1340 gets you a part of the show. And part of the show, who's been part of the show forever, and he's back on with us. Armando is on the line. Armando, how are you doing? Armando. Whoa, what the hell is that? <laughs> What's happening, fellas? All right, Armando, who do you got for the coin toss? The coin toss? <laughs> uh, it's got to be heads, obviously. Uh, uh, going just, against I'm the just, sharks. The reverse line movement. The, on yeah. coin toss. the reverse yeah, yeah. shark movement. All right, Armando, so so uh, break down the game for us. Who do you like? Do you like a total? Do you like a prop play? Uh, actually, I don't care for the total, but I am going to take uh, the Chiefs. Anyway, uh, 38 to uh, 21. I don't. All right, uh, over. You're you looking know, like I, the over. Yeah, but uh, even then, I, I expect a lot of uh, a lot of touchdowns in these scores. So my prop plays, I mean, I'm looking at two right now is, uh, one, the first uh, score is going to be a touchdown, and then Travis Kelsey's uh, eight catches. So, but, and just to throw it out there, I am a big, huge Eagles hater, so uh, I'm not even looking at anything that has the Eagles for anything at all. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you not believe in the Eagles because of their schedule? Is it that because uh, they haven't been there? Or do you just hate no, them? Uh, you know, Tom, it's uh, – <laughs> I have a big uh, East Coast bias and, uh, you know, present company inc- excluded here. Uh, you know, I just can't stand anything East Coast. Nothing. I know. People from the West Coast are very jealous. I understand. Sure. Yeah. yeah um, no, there's nothing. No jealous. I mean, just, uh, you know, once I spent, <laughs> you know, two weeks over there and then I realized that I can't watch sports at, uh, you know, midnight and watch UFCs and boxing main events at one o'clock in the morning. Yeah, just can't stand the East Coast. You know, and I, I and I'm, I mentioned to you, I'm amazed how you do it and how you stay up, you know, watching and, you know, running your site, doing all your things, and being a dad at the same time. I have no idea how you do it, brother. <laughs> Armando, no fantastic. <laughs> I hope you win. What are you doing for for the Super Bowl tomorrow? You, Actually, you're hanging out at speaking home? of Jay Cornegay, I'm going to uh, the party at the Westgate tomorrow. Oh, that's fantastic. I, I've been there. I love it. Absolutely love yeah. what Jay does there. Yeah. No, I'm going to the private, you know, the, the VIP one. That, that I finagle my way in there. <laughs> You're a VIP. Yeah, there's no doubt right. there for Armando. No, 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 definitely. Jose, how you doing, brother? Man, I hope all, all is well. Keep up the good work. You said Tim, Thank Jose. You I'm very sorry, much, Armando. <laughs> Jose. <laughs> hey, again? my guy, man. Hope all is well, brother. I haven't seen you in a minute. I hope you're doing well. Yeah, me too. We good. Tim. Can't wait for our uh, our our uh, concerts, brother. <laughs> you are you? Uh, why are you all not here? I mean, Tom, come on. Well, listen, yeah, you know, uh, got we got I got things to do. I got to work, man. I got to work. I come out well, to Vegas. I, I work a little, but I don't really work work. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm surprised you're not in Arizona for uh, you know getting content there. But I mean, that surprised me. Yeah, you know, I, I tried to – they wanted me to go to Radio Row last year, and I wound up not going. And all I heard from everybody that goes to Radio Row is it, it's just – you don't get anything done. <laughs> you know, you really – it's hard to break down games. I got to decide to myself, do do I want to do more radio or do I want to do more winning money? And I decided winning money is the way to go. 
All right, all right. Hey, I hear, I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> all right, guys. Right, Thank you very much. Armando's got KC in a blowout. He's got the over. So in direct con- uh, conflict of uh, what Brian Feldman likes, which is the Eagles in a blowout. Um, I'll tell you, I, I, I think it's going to be a close game. There's actually a prop play out there, guys, for everybody out there. Uh, there is a prop play. Game ends exactly three-point difference. And it's paying five to one. I kind of like that, actually. <laughs> you know, because I don't love a team one way or the other. I, I, I kind of like that. You know, that's uh, that's kind of interesting. So I, I, mean, I didn't go on it. And I told you, I have my bets in. But that's one that I like. Tim, everyone's given predictions. And I know you're chomping at the bit to give yours. Now, to give everybody a little, uh, a little backstory on Tim... There was times this year where you were very down on the Chiefs. There were times this year where we've heard you are not buying into their record. You were not buying into them. There were also times uh, coming into the playoffs that you were down on Philadelphia. You didn't love the, the running style quarterback. But there were also times this year that you hyped both of these teams up a lot in the preseason a lot. I know you were on the Chargers, but you gave the props where, where they were due. So you've gone back and forth. You've gone the ebbs and the flows of the season. I can't wait to hear what you have. What do you have for ticket-wise? What do you have for prop-wise? What do you got for the game? Yeah, I was very wishy-washy, that's for sure. You know, I try to try to placate to everybody. But now that I've listened to all these squares make their predictions, I'm, I'm kind of doubting mine now at this point. But I, I just think, look, we, we've kind of already prefaced everything. And I like Mahomes better as a quarterback. I think he's going to be okay. Right. Like Jose said, I think he's going to be okay. I think the weapons there and and the the familiarity of of playing in this situation, the better head coach, the better special teams. I think all that is advantages to them. And I I just don't believe in the Eagles and I definitely don't believe in Jalen Hurts and I don't believe in Nick Sirianni. So they have to prove me all wrong tomorrow. I like Kansas City. I like them to score. I think we get an old-fashioned shootout in this one. I go, I go 31-23, and Philly has a chance at the end with the ball, and it just doesn't happen for him, Tom. I really do think that this is Patrick Mahomes' year again, and he's going to cap off that MVP trophy with a Super Bowl trophy number two. Coming in, you know, Tim, it's funny because you said you said you see an old-fashioned shootout. The line in some places is 51-and-a-half. You only predicted 54. It is crazy when you talk about how high the line has gotten and how high it is, and, and you go, yeah, you could have a shootout. It might not get to the over. So are you? T- <laughs> did you take the over? Are you taking the over, or are you just like KC as your, your main play? Yeah, KC money line, right? There's no other bet at this point. So um, I do like I do like two props, I said, and one of them you and I share, so I'm not going to give that one out. But Travis Kelsey to score touchdowns at like a buck 25. I like that one. So there you go. That's the one everybody's in on. We, we also heard, you know, Armando talk about Kelsey. Kelsey's numbers are, are getting, you know, bit pretty high up there. But when you see the question marks, you also see what they've done with Kelsey. You know, it, it's kind of how can you stop him, right? I mean, it's kind of the, the idea of how can you stop him. I talked about this on my show, guys, and I think this is one advantage that Kansas City really has. They targeted Mike Hilton last week, or against the the, the Bengals. Uh, Patrick Mahomes had a perfect passer rating against him. 
They matched MVS with him. They matched up Kelsey with him. They abused him. Now he's five foot nine. Now you look at the two cornerbacks and the two safeties for Philadelphia. They're both six foot one. You can't take advantage. But both of their nickel and dime package guys are both five foot nine. I, I think that they are going to have a concentrated effort to stop Kelsey. But in those nickel and dime packages, those pure passing packages, he's going to be just matched up against a five foot nine guy. So I kind of like what you're talking about there. Prop bits, prop bits, prop bits. That's why you got to love the Super prop Bowl. Prop bits are the way to go. I'm going to get into it in the last segment. I'll tell you what I like, and and I'll, I like all prop bets. Since we are doing the predictions portion here, and we had uh, so Brian Feldman likes Eagles in a blowout. He said ten plus points and the under. Uh, we had Steve come in. He was on KC. Uh, Armando was on KC big. Tim is on KC and the over. Jose, you're on KC. So we're going against the public because the public is on Philly, guys. Um, there's a little bit of late money coming in on, on KC. But the, the public is on Philly. The line rose from Philly getting a point to Philly giving a point and a half. Since we're doing some predictions, I'm going to bring Abby on. Now, Abby is uh, – I have an idea – of where she's leaning with this game, but Ab, what do you uh, what do you like for the predictions for this game? Give us predictions. Give us a prop play. I know you do have an interesting prop that you like. Um, I'm going with everyone. I'm going Kansas City, and I originally I said to you a couple of days ago I said I thought it was actually going to be a blowout because I feel like um, it's kind of Kansas City's year this year, but I've kind of rechanged changed that tune and thought I think it's going to be a close game um, only because. Um, I think that there's just going to be a back and forth in this game, and there's going to be a lot of uh, scoring. I think it's going to be over. I really do, over that 51 points. Seemingly, everyone's on the over. I'll be honest with you. I, I'll, I'll give you a quick update. I kind of like the under. I, I don't love it. kind of like the under of this game, just because it got to a 51 and a half. What about your prop play? You told me you like a couple of, of interesting prop plays. Abby likes a big prop play that will get huge money back if you have the guts to take it. And I'm going to be honest, I don't. What's your prop play? Oh, my prop play, which, which I'm so excited about, is a clean game. No fumbles and no interceptions. And I'm excited. I put money on it. And uh, anytime there's going to be a fumble or interception, I'm going, to, I'm going to dread doing that one. But that's what I'm doing. I'm doing no fumbles and no interceptions. What's well, a completely clean game. And here's the thing. You can have fun with this with the clean game because you're getting plus 175 back for no fumbles. You're getting plus money back on Patrick Mahomes, no interceptions. You're getting plus money back on Jalen Hurts, no interceptions. So even if you can't in your sports book find no turnovers, which is paying like seven to one, you can do that and you have three different ways to win. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's, no matter what team's going to win, I think it's going to be a great game. I think it's definitely Mahomes' year to win it. Um, he's He's been kind of fumbling a couple years now, and I feel like this is his time to shine. So it's definitely uh, Casey all the way. Now, Brian Feldman gave us Juju to score the first touchdown at 18-1 to 1 odds earlier. You're a big Juju fan. Do you have anything on Juju? Uh I don't. I didn't take anything, but I did say to you that um, I liked over his passing yards. I feel like he's a big player when he's healthy, 
And I think that Mahomes likes throwing to him in, in big games too. So Juju all the way. If you have anything on Juju, I, I love it. I'm a big fan. All right, Abby. Thank you very much. So that's another one on KC. And uh, she likes the over as well. So we got KC over, KC over, KC over, KC over, KC over. And then Feldman sitting alone with Philly on the under, guys. I'm thinking about doing a two-team teaser. Steal a little bit of something from uh, the little, was it, uh, was it Timmy, Tommy teaser that you guys had going on during the college football season? Might take take a little script from that, man. I might just take the Chiefs in the over and do a little six-team teaser and call it a day. I mean, I'm just, I just, I don't see the Chiefs losing this game, man. I just can't see it. And if you want me to give you a, a, a quick little any a first-time touchdown score just to call me crazy, I like Jarek McKinnon. I'm sorry, not Jarek McKinnon, Isaiah Pacheco. Reason being, Jarek McKinnon is a guy that they're going to use more after the game starts. Pacheco's a guy that gets the game started. And if they get there close, they're not, I don't think they're going to throw it in. If they get close to that goal line, Isaiah Pacheco will be the guy. Eight to one. That's not bad odds if you like him to score right there to get the first touchdown. Well, you know, I'm sprinkling my plays in over the course of the show before I release my big ones later. I'll tell you, here's one that I found, and I absolutely hammered, guys. I don't do first touchdown scores. I hate that. I hate it. I hate first touchdown scores. I'll do touchdown scores. I hate first touchdown scores. But how about this, Jose? How about this, Tim? Listen to this that, that I crushed. First touchdown score, jersey number under 11 and a half. Right? It pays <laughs> minus 125. But listen to this. If you take it, and this is what I did. Jarek McKinnon, Isaiah Pachanko, Marquez Valdez-Scanling, Juju, Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, and Devontae Smith all wear under number 11 and a half. Pretty good menu to choose from. <laughs> what are your odds? This is where I find the advantages, Jose. You know, you got you to dig deep, man. Oh, yeah, I'm not laughing at your pick. I'm just saying that's good. This is stuff <laughs> that not anybody would find, but what are your odds? Uh, minus 125. So that's, that's not bad. That's good bit, odds. A little bit more than I wanted to, but, yeah, it, it, I, I feel like – Basically, I'm betting against a rushing touchdown from the It's okay to drink or, a little bit of the juice every now and then. Yeah, or like everybody likes likes Kelsey. Everybody's loving Kelsey. I just don't think Kelsey's going to beat them early. He might beat them. But if you're Philadelphia and you're sitting in that defensive uh, you know, coaching room, what, what you, what's your, your conversation this week? Stop Kelsey. Stop Kelsey. Stop Kelsey, right? I mean, there, he might eventually get you. But aren't you just putting every body that you have to stop Kelsey early on? Pretty much. But at the end of the day, you can't sleep on the other guys they have in the backfield, Tommy. Think about it. Look at the way Jarek McKinnon ended the season, right? The guy was hot. We know what Isaiah Pacheco did all season long. So if you're going to try to stop their main receiving threat in Travis Kelsey, granted, we know they can throw it to the other guys, but then you also got to worry about the running backs. That's why at the end of the day, overall, I still stick with Kansas City. I just don't see um, um, Philly's defense being able to come out with the right game plan to overall stop this offense. You know, we're mentioning the, the running backs here, Tim. Um, Pachanko has looked really good. McKinnon's a force out of the backfield and inside the 20. You know, they did an interesting little move this week that may have fallen by the wayside to people. You know, they activated Clyde Edwards Hilaire for this game. It's going to be suited yeah, up. Forgot about going that. to be active. Tim, do you, do you think that they give it to Clyde Edwards Hilaire? Do we see any more than 
a handful of just here you go gimme carries for Clyde Edwards Hilaire. We may have lost Tim here. Jose, what about you? What do you think? So here's the thing. I know you don't like any time touchdown scores, right? So I'm not going to tell you about first time, but anytime, I mean, if you want to sprinkle something, you think the guy's going to come in and probably try to surprise him. He's at nine to one to score a touchdown, but I don't know how much we're really going to see from him, Tommy, if I'm being honest with you. And it goes back to what I just said. Jerry McKinnon has been hot. We know what you got from Isaiah Pacheco. Are they really going to go away from what's worked? Or are they just going to bring him in gradually and try to use him on plays where they think that they can sneak him in and try to, you know, basically deceive the Philadelphia Eagles defense? I don't know. And I don't honestly feel, if I'm being honest, I don't think he'll be that much of a factor, Tommy. Yeah, you know, you might have a point. And when we're talking about, prop plays, you know, and, and I know you were chuckling and I chuckled, but there are prop plays that you can manipulate. And let me give you another one. I didn't do this because I don't particularly think that uh, Jalen Hurts is going to win the MVP. And I don't love the odds of it, but there are ways to manipulate the odds during the Super Bowl and really during the year, if you're paying attention, but let me explain. Instead of taking Jarek or uh, Jalen Hurts to win the Super Bowl MVP, which the Super Bowl MVP is paying out about plus 120, right? You can get Jalen Hurts to score a rushing touchdown at plus 105. Jalen Hurts to throw two touchdown passes at minus 105. If he's going to get the MVP, guys, he's probably going to hit both of those, if not one. So instead of turning around and taking 100 bucks, let's say, on him to win the MVP, Take $50 on him to rush for a touchdown. Take $50 on him to throw for two touchdowns. I don't think he's getting zero, right? And if he's going to win the MVP, he's probably going to get both, and you're going to get paid out anyway. That's a way to manipulate the line. That's the way to do it. The same thing with wide receivers. For a wide receiver to win the MVP here, guys, you got to assume his team's got to win number one, He's going to get 100 yards receiving and one touchdown. Well, if you parlay that with A.J. Brown, Smith, Valdez Gandling, Juju, or Kelsey, you get better odds than them winning the MVP solo. You get much better odds. You take any one of those guys. You take the team to win over 100 yards receiving and a touchdown, one touchdown. You take all that, you parlay those together instead of going for the MVP and your numbers are actually going to be better, you'll make more money. That's the way to manipulate it, Jose. And not only manipulate it, Tommy, I know you can agree with me with this because you've been on the gambling side way longer than I have. It's knowing how to actually manage your bankroll overall, which is something that if you're a gambler, you should know how to manage your bankroll. But on Super Bowl Sunday, it's even better. You know what you have. You know how to split it. You know how to find the right odds. And not only the right odds, but the odds that make more sense to bring in the right money and Allah, like you said, manipulate the line at the end of the day and find a way to get the value where other people aren't looking at it. Well, I told you guys, I told you at the beginning of the show, I hit a play last week, the first day, the first minute <laughs> that prop plays came out. I took Patrick Mahomes over one and a half touchdown passes. I got it at minus 210, quickly went up to 215. It was up to 245 after that. And now on a lot of sites, it's over two and a half touchdown passes. Tim told me you could get it out there in Vegas, which I didn't get yet, uh, at three touchdown passes. You're, if you get in on an early number like I did, two grand, 
over two and a half. I'm laying two to one. Doesn't matter. Okay. So two grand wins me one grand. Well, you can then take the under two and a half and try to middle that. And if Patrick Mahomes throws two touchdown passes, you clean up. If he throws three, you win. If he throws one, you basically break even and you're fine. But you got an opportunity to hedge. And I think hedging during the Super Bowl and Super Bowl week is such a lost art form. And you can still do it. Shop around. Most people have four, five, six apps on their phones. In Vegas, how many different casinos can you go into? Try to find those different lines. I tell the story all the time. When I was in Atlantic City, and Atlantic City boardwalk is not that long. It's like, you know, three miles long. And I went into one casino, and Tom Brady, to win the Super Bowl MVP, was paying out at like five to one odds. You walked, there's no way I walked 10 feet down, uh, 10 minutes down the road here, a couple of feet down the road, went into another casino, he was 10 to one. So by walking there, that's how much money it was, right? And that could have been lost. Think about the amount of money. Don't be lazy, guys, right? On your prop plays. Uh, Whatever you do, do not be lazy. All right. Can't be. You got to do your homework. Jose, let's take our final time out here. We got a lot of of people jumping on. I know in the second half of the show here, the second uh, half of the show, it's been all predictions. Well, we're going to get more. Okay. I know Chris Wynn's going to jump on. We're going to get Tim to talk about a couple of more prop plays as well. And I got a couple that I want your reaction for. All that and more, including everything that you guys want to talk about. It's 876-1340. Tom Barton Sports over on Twitter. Jose underscore Volante over on Twitter. And HW Sports. We'll take a quick timeout. We'll be right back right after this on Heatwave Sports. All right, guys. Heatwave Sports. It is the Super Bowl show here. Tom Barton from TomBartonSports.com. Jose Volante and Tim Unglesby. Uh, we are having a great conversation. We've got, got to have you guys a part of this. 876-1340, 876-1340. Tom Barton Sports over on Twitter. HW Sports over on Twitter as well as Jose underscore Volante. Send your scores. Send your predictions. Send your prop plays. It looks like most of us here have been on Kansas City. They've been on the over. A lot of receiving prop overs with, with a little juju, with a little Kelsey. So let's stay with the predictions. We have Mario on the line on the Heat Wave Hotline. How you doing, Mario? Hey, Tom. I'm doing good. How about you, man? Fantastic, fantastic. So, Mario, what do we got for tomorrow? What do you uh, what do, have you already bet on, or what are you liking for tomorrow? Um, I've actually put in a couple bets here. Um, funny, I'm actually on my way to make my last round of bets here before the game starts tomorrow. Um, I like to view myself as a uh, semi-professional prop better. So um, I, I don't know. I just feel like the game, the outcome of the games is too um, predetermined, for lack of a better word. Sometimes, so I don't like to get. I like to get to the game within the game. So I like betting the props, and so the Super Bowl is obviously the best game in my eyes. You know, I'll bet on anything except for the uh, outcome of the game, pretty much, <laughs> is what I'll end up doing. But. Um, I have a couple of my favorite props. I know you said something about shopping around, and I feel like that's really, really important because some of the props I purely put in because of the payout was so astronomically higher than some of the other books that I saw. So, yeah, those were some of them that I put in. So what do you got? Tell us some of the, some of the props that you have. So my favorite super long shot, you know, the little $20 to, you know, $20, $30 play to really come in a super chunk of change 
is uh, Mahomes to essentially set a record. Uh, Mahomes to throw six or more touchdown passes. So Woo! we know Woo! they're not a Woo! running team. Well, no, it's no surprise they don't. They just don't like to run. You know, they they'd rather throw the ball. Mahomes would rather fake a run and throw a little jump shot. You know, like he's a you know, like he plays for Oklahoma City rather than Kansas City, the Thunder. But uh, so, in, you know, if it becomes a shootout and he ends up racking up a couple in the first half and he ends up becoming a shootout in the uh, second half at Circa, Patrick Mahomes to throw six or more touchdown passes is currently paying 86 to 1. So I just, I don't see that as an 86 to 1 probability. Maybe, you know, other sports books I've found has that around 40 to 1. So forty, maybe fifty to one if you find, if you shop hard. But I found one that paid eighty-six to one. So I'm like, you know what? That could happen. Six six passing touchdowns from Mahomes. Uh, worth a shot for eighty-six to one. Uh, but some of the other ones I've found that I really like. Uh, I I think Philly is going to win the game, and I think Gainwell is going to be their secret weapon. You know, I I feel like they're good at wearing down your front line, but Philly's got a really good second line when it comes to that rushing attack and Gainwell to score two uh Gainwell to score the first touchdown first of all is twenty five to one. So if they get Miles Sanders gets worn down on that drive and they gotta spell him at the goal line, Gainwell to get that first touchdown at twenty five to one is a juicy little play. Um and I think I have him at tw- uh, to score two touchdowns at around fifteen to one. Maybe twelve twelve plus twelve fifty. But uh, I think he's going to be the secret weapon. I think a lot of his props will clean up. All right. Hey, do you have a score for us, even though you won't make a bet on the score? Um, I actually believe it's going to be a blowout. Um, if, if it's not a blowout, if it's not a close game, if Mahomes can't get something going in the, front, in the first half and he falls into a quicksand game like the last time he was in the Super Bowl, um, then I think the magic score would be 38-10 Eagles. Uh, that is what I truly think it's going to be. Uh, so cash it up on the Eagles. Those Eagles props will hit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mario, thanks for the call. Mario going big big on the Eagles. Yeah, I thought it was going to be the worst question in the history of radio, Jose, because I asked a guy that thinks that Mahomes is going to score, throw six touchdowns, what he thought the score was going to be. But see, that's why you got to ask the question. He threw us for a loop. He thinks it's a blowout Eagles. So there you go. We got a little bit of more Eagles uh, action coming. I thought it was going to be Feldman and nobody else. Um, Jose, let's go check out Chris Wynn. He said he's got a prop for us Uh-oh. that nobody else has out there. So Chris see, did his special. homework. Chris, how you doing, my man? Guys, good to join you on this Saturday night. What is going on? A little bit of Super Bowl action going on tomorrow. I think uh, I think that that's the main topic of the day. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right, Tommy. I'm kind of shocked, to be honest with you. You guys are not breaking down a little Henderson Silver Knights overtime shootout loss to the Ontario Reign tonight. But I digress, gentlemen, obviously, because there is kind of a big game going on tomorrow with Kansas City and Philadelphia. Yeah, you think? <laughs> it's okay. I made, I made more money on Yale Columbia today than I will on the Super Bowl tomorrow. Oh, well, it, it's Tom Barton, so we know you're going to go a little Ivy League action. Come on now. We know that's the deal. <laughs> Here's my advice. Bet against Columbia every single game, no matter the spread. <laughs> <laughs> Take it and book it. Let's go. 
Yes. All right, so, so what no do you question got, about it, gentlemen. Uh, I'm going to be uh, a lot of the majority like you guys are tonight, and I'm not talking about the team from the city of brotherly love. I'm absolutely looking at the Kansas City Chiefs to win this football game tomorrow, and I'm looking at alternative lines, gentlemen. I'm thinking I was taking a look at that 7.5, and, and that hook really does scare me at plus 300, so I'm going to stay away from that. But I'm definitely going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs, Minus three and a half at plus 175. I do like that, guys. And I'm thinking something along the lines of 24-17 as the final score there, which means that I probably should take the under two in the game, but I haven't really made a decision yet on that. So that, as far as the game is concerned, that's the way I'm looking, Mr. Tom Barton, Jose Vellante, and Tim Oglesby. Chris, so I have a question for you. From what you're saying, yeah. you think that the eagle that the, that the, that the chart that the sorry that the Chiefs are going to win by seven. So I'm a I guy. Do. I like win margins. I like win margins one through six, seven through twelve. You know things of that nature because you get good little proposition type bets here. So if you're telling me you think they're going to win by seven, would you think that Chiefs winning by seven to twelve points at plus five fifty is a good bet? I think that's an absolutely solid bet. Yes. And I didn't even Ooh, approach like or even even think about that uh, situation as far as like you know the separation where you could have that uh, that leeway there. I was just looking at the exact you know the exact numbers of where uh, you know of the line that I was looking at. So that's something absolutely that uh, I should take a look at though. And the reason I say that because before you even came on, before you even said that commercial break, I was looking at this because I like Kansas City and I'm trying to figure: is it going to be a field goal game? Is it going to be close? But that seven to twelve at plus five fifty is just sticking out to me. It's on Boyd. That's what I have on my app right now. Now, if you like them at one through six, plus three seventy, that's not bad either. But that seven man just calls my name for some reason. <laughs> so it looks like I could be piggybacking a little Jose Volante. You know what, guy? You know what, uh, Tommy and Jose, guys. You know I'm going to be piggybacking Feldman too a little bit because I love that Juju Smith Schuster to score that touchdown. Now, look, I'm on board with you, Tommy. I'm not really big on betting guys to score the first touchdown of the game. I'm on more, you know, more so guys just getting a touchdown in the game. So right now, Juju Smith-Schuster, it's a pretty solid number there just for him to score a touchdown in the game. So I'll be looking at that. But the, the prop I was, talk, I was texting you about, Tommy and Jose and the guys, that I think that uh, nobody, I don't think anybody's brought it up yet, Noah Gray. To score a touchdown in the game, plus 600. We obviously understand that Travis Kelsey is going to get a lot of attention from the Philadelphia defense. And, of course, there's other pieces, Pacheco, as you guys mentioned, and, uh, and obviously Juju Smith-Schuster. But uh, Noah, Noah to score a touchdown, he's absolutely someone that's in the mix when it comes to their offensive game plan. I could absolutely see him getting there at plus 600. I like that number as well, too, so I'm going to be taking a stab at that as far as my props chris if you got if you're looking at plus 600 i'm not sure what book you're at but we're both in vegas take a look at boyd they got him at plus 850 to score at any time touchdown way wow i'm not just throwing that yeah i'm on uh i'm on william hill is where the one i was looking at so yeah it was 600 but it's 850 i'll be i'll have to do some shopping around jose and uh get that better number guys if you want a crazy one I've done a little bit of research on Jack Stoll at 25 to 1 to score anytime touchdown. 
he's got a reception in like six of his last seven games, but he only gets like one reception, right? Yeah. So if you're looking for somebody under the radar, how about Jack Stoll? Uh, do, do either one of you guys like <laughs> You, do either one of you guys like an offensive uh, lineman to score a touchdown? Maybe they get the other Kelsey to score one at twelve to one odds. Oh, time wait, wait a minute, time out. You can get Jason Kelsey's only twelve to one to score a touchdown. That's it. Every offensive lineman twelve to one. Oh, okay. Hey, here's something I proposed, Tommy. Right and Jose, is there a prop out there for both the Kelsey brothers to get a touchdown in the game? I mean, I, I got I'm obviously be astronomical through the roof as far as the number, but uh, I'm just curious. I, I mean, I would expect maybe at, at some at some shop they they might have that that prop out there. You got to find something like that. I you know, Chris, if you could. Chris, a couple of these offshore sites, what they're doing is they're yep. saying, name your prop play, and we'll book it. <laughs> that's that's one you got to go right right in. Name the prop play. We'll figure yeah, out no, the, how the percentage. And that's absolutely that one. And then, of course, you got all the cross sport bets too. You know, you got because you got a lot of action, not just in the game where you cross sport, but that. But Tommy and Jose, it's got look. It's got to be hard, like impossible to handicap any of that stuff. So I, I got one for I, you I'll guys. Tell you what, and I, one, I, I wanna... one of the cross sport, one of the cross sports that I liked, um, receptions for Travis Kelsey, or goals in the Bean Pot game on Monday. That's a real thing. And that's yeah. not an offshore guy. That's not an offshore. That is a legalized bet. That's and crazy. you're laying like like minus two fifty for Kelsey. Like I think we lost uh Chris. Either that was the, uh, the that was the goal scoring from the bean pot game <laughs> or we he lost. He got the Chris update. Win. He got the update. So can I ask you a question, Tom and Tim, if you still sure. there and, and Chris? Here here's one prop bet. Now if you're and I reason I put this one out there is if you're looking at Kansas City to be the winner of this game, right? If you're a better that you feel that Kansas City is going to win, you're going to put your money on them, but you also want to do a prop bet. And you're also a fan of Travis Kelsey, but you don't want to put any other type of prop bet on him, right? If you feel that Kansas City is going to be winning this game towards the end of the game and play-wise, whether they're coming down to try to win the game or they're just coming down to run the clock out or maybe scoring the previous touchdown before the end of the game. Here's a prop bet that, and I'm just scrolling through stuff, and it happened to pop out. Last Kansas City Chief to record a reception in the game. If you take Travis Kelsey, he's plus 270. Call me crazy, Tommy. If you think that Kansas City's going to win this game, he might be the guy that we're going to look at to catch the last pass in this game. Wouldn't you think? He could be. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I don't bet last play because I want to see how the game's going. You know, I, I like the game flow. And I, I just uh, I have no information on it. So it, it's something that I just don't generally play. Yeah, I love the in-games. I got a good in-game stat oh, for you. Here. Yeah. Here's a great in-game stat. In Patrick Mahomes' entire career, okay, he started 93 games. In 90 of those 93 games, going into the fourth quarter, his team either had the lead or they've been within eight points. So how about Philly gets out to a little early lead and you in-game KC going into the fourth quarter? That's smart. That's yeah, why, and that's why I that. love live wagering. 
You can find a bunch uh, of Yeah, I love things. I absolutely completely I love, love live wagering. I took advantage of live wagering like crazy today. Uh, one of my, my best live wagering days. I, it, it, especially with the Super Bowl, you're going to see the ebbs and flows. You're going to see how the game is progressing. You're going to see if Jalen Hurts is hurt, if he's panicking like you said. You're going to see if Patrick Mahomes' ankle is holding up. We're going to be able to get a lot of information at hand that the reality is, is that it's the advantage that you have over the algorithms because the algorithms don't see Travis Kelsey uh, limping a little bit, right? The cool. algorithms, I, I was playing the Bengals um, a couple of weeks ago where their left tackle went down, uh, uh, Jonah Williams, and, and he goes down during the game. And all of a sudden, you know, they have an in-game sack prop. And I'm like, are you kidding me? You know, the algorithms didn't take into account that an offensive line went out because he's not a big player, Jose, right? So we can get the advantage there. No, I agree with you 100%, Tommy. I love in-game wagering, and the reason being there's times where I'll watch a game, and even a game like this before it starts, when I mean watch, watch the line movement, where it's at, where it open, and there's times where you're stuck and you're just like, I like this game, I want to bet on it, but I just can't figure out what to bet. Watch it. That's what live wagering is there for. And, and you just touched on it too. I've caught so many times, Tommy, where the books are just sleeping and I'll catch a total, a team total or anything like that. And I'm sitting there going, what, what do you, what? I'm taking this. There's no way. So if you don't like something to begin with, but you like the game, pay attention to it and pull up your app. There is so much more value on live in-game wagering that people don't know about that people need to start getting up on game, Tommy. I preach it all the time. I talk about it on Twitter all the time. Live wagering is the way to go. Don't be afraid of it. So it's come to that time, Jose, that I'm going to give you guys what I'm looking at tomorrow. And, you know, I always talk about uh, I don't love betting the Super Bowl, the game itself. I think that if there's one game that the books are not going to get wrong as far as the point spread, it's the Super Bowl, right? I, I do often like the totals. But the game itself, I'll give you a prediction, but then I'm going to give you some of my prop plays, which I am heavily on. Like I already told you, I'm heavily on Patrick Mahomes over touchdowns. I am on uh, that um, that first touchdown jersey scorer. And, and to get all of my stuff, jersey, you guys go to TomBartonSports.com. But... Super Bowl prediction here. Look, I said this on my show this week, and I'll stick with it. I think it's a one to three point game, one way or the other. I don't agree with the guys that are saying a blowout. Maybe it's because I want it to be a good game, right? I, I could understand. I'm leaning with my heart here. I did not take a single dollar on the winner of this game. Not a single dollar. I got a small play on the under. I think Kansas City wins by like a point. Yeah, I'm looking at this as. 24-23. I think we do have a very close game throughout. I think it's a close game the entire way. I could see this being one of those classics. I, I, I had thought about maybe even throwing a couple of bucks on overtime. That's how good I think this could be. This is two teams as we opened up the show, both with identical 14-3 and records, both with the number one overall seeds, both with tremendous starting quarterbacks, you have one team that is better defensively and better offensive line against a team that has a better quarterback and a better head coach. I mean, this is a great matchup one way or the other. So I'm taking the Chiefs like seemingly almost everybody else here, but I could be swayed by the Eagles by the time we come off the air in 15 minutes, right? I'm not loving either side. I barely like the under. And I only like the under 
because I see it at 51 and a half. If this was at 48 or 49, I probably wouldn't touch it. That's how razor thin that I think that this line is one way or the other. I will say this. Look, the team that has the most rushing yards has won the Super Bowl at a ridiculous amount. And that does favor the fifth-ranked Eagles. Eagles fifth in the rushing in the season. Chiefs are 20th. The team with more rushing yards were 41-15 and on the money line and 39-14-3 and all-time in the Super Bowl. So it does give me plenty of reason to go with the Eagles, but maybe I'm rooting for the Chiefs a little bit more. Maybe I'm rooting for the under a little bit more, which brings me to the prop plays. We've heard all night, Jose, people talking about prop plays. And what do they talk about when they talk about prop plays? Over, 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 and over. And I've warned people for years. I've been playing prop plays for 10 years. Yeah, they existed offshore, okay? Now prop plays got into the market, everything is overinflated. Because if you like a guy or you like a prop, you're running to the window to take the over. I love this guy because I like the over. Everyone's going to get Kelsey because they like the over. Oh, Mahomes is going over. Hertz is going over. Gainwell's going over. Sanders is going Everything's the over. Well, I got three unders for you that I, I'm liking here. The first one is kind of a double under. Jarek McKinnon. Jarek McKinnon under 23 and a half rushing yards. Jarek McKinnon under five and a half rushing attempts. Let me explain why. McKinnon has rushed for more than seven yards. Seven. Just once in the past five games. In that game, he only got to 25 yards. He has five or more rushing attempts in only eight of 19 games this season. He stayed under the 23 and a half rushing yards in 13 of 19 games. And now Pacheco's coming on. Now Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is there. Now, I think McKinnon can catch balls out of the backfield. I think McKinnon touchdown prop could be something worthwhile as well. But everybody's loving McKinnon to have this huge rushing game. It's just not his game. If the Chiefs get behind, they're not running the ball, and they're certainly not going to run it with a guy like McKinnon. So I like both of those unders. And then the other under I'm on that I haven't heard anybody mention, forget about even tonight, on any other show anywhere, I love defensive prop unders. I cleaned up two weeks ago. Logan Wilson under eight and a half tackles, he finished with three. And Nick Bolton under 10 and a half tackles, he finished with four. I'm doing it again, Jose. Give me Nick Bolton under 10 and a half tackles. He did not hit 11 or more tackles in 15 of his 19 games. He didn't hit that number. Against Cincinnati, he only had four tackles. Now, I know the Eagles are going to run more, so he should get more tackles, right? Just not as many. So everybody's going to the overs here, and, and I get it. Prop plays are fun. Super Bowl's supposed to be fun. Super Bowl's supposed to be overs. You're going to root for guys that were on your fantasy team. You want to see scoring. I get it. I'm on under, unders, unders, and unders for guys that I just don't think are going to perform, Jose. How do you take so many unders, Tommy? I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm sitting here listening to you, and I'm talking, I'm talking to myself, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm, I'm agreeing with everything you just said before you even said it. And what I mean by that, I'm okay with Jerry McKinnon not running the ball because all we've seen is him catching the ball out of the backfield. That's what he's done more than anything. But you're throwing out great valid points for people that are probably looking at this. And, and a lot of people that are looking at that are probably casual over-the-counter bettors that are just regular everyday people that just want to put some type of money and put some bet in this. Before you put any type of prop bets, do your homework and look at what you're looking at. The stats are there. The stats don't lie. 
Don't go based off of a shiny number or someone that did something good for you in fantasy, but you didn't pay attention what they did for you at the end of the day. I don't like touching unders in any type of bets, Tommy, whether it's team totals, whether it's player props or any of that. So I'm staying away from unders in general, but I see where you're coming from and you're looking for the value where other people don't find it. Yeah, nobody likes to take unders. It's the non-fun thing. I'm going to be the boring not. dude at the party, right? Nobody likes <laughs> unders. But let me tell you something, Jose. You know, forget about just prop play unders, which which are amazing. But um, you, you get an injury, you get things like that. But, but prop play unders are fantastic. But do you know if you just straight bet the unders in every game of any every NFL season, eighteen of the nineteen, uh, eighteen of the last twenty years, you would have made a profit. Unders oh, really? come in because unders are boring. Because unders are no fun. Because unders aren't aren't good to bet, right? So. Just something to keep in mind out there for you new guys out there. Like you said, ah, oh, he was great on my fantasy team. I'm going over. Everyone's going over. Everyone's always going over. I'll be the guy in the corner rooting against anything. <laughs> I, By the way, remember when uh, Brady played the Rams? Uh, that, was, that, that was one of my more profitable Super Bowls ever because I had under everybody and everybody went under. I don't think we're going to have that. Uh, but I do see a lot of player prop unders that are just elevated to a ridiculous number. I'm excited, man. I can't wait. Tomorrow's going to be a great day. NFL Super Bowl Sunday. Even if you're not a football fan, grab your drinks, grab your food. Let's get going. Get your apps going. Put your money in your accounts, and let's get betting. I'm excited, Tommy. Guys, it is going to be a fantastic, fantastic day. Thank you very much, Jose. It's been great having you on. I always love having you on. It, it, always a, a great conversation. Tim Unglesby, I know we, he he's he's suffering right now in California in a hotel room. He's listening to us. Can't get back on. I'll say goodbye for him. You know, we're going to be back on tomorrow night at 10 o'clock, breaking this all down. He's going to be back in Vegas. Uh, we're going to have a full breakdown of everything related to the Super Bowl. Talk about all the prop plays that we had. We're even going to look ahead to next year where I'm already starting to look at it. It's one of my Super Bowl traditions. I make one bet the day after the Super Bowl on a long shot. Last year, I took Baltimore. I knew it was going to go bad when Lamar was holding out. This year, I already kind of have the team in mind, so we'll talk about that tomorrow night, 10 o'clock. Make sure that you guys jump on board and uh, stay sober enough to be able to listen to us. I know everybody out there, <laughs> make sure you have a couple of couple of cocktails, but drive safely. Use Ubers. There's no reason or excuse for any of that. Thank you to all of the people that joined in and called. This is my favorite show of the year. It really is. I love opening day, but this is my favorite show of the year. I love that everybody jumps on. Everyone's got prop plays. Everybody's got everything going on. Mateo, thanks for running the board. Guys, that's going to do it for us. Have a really good big game tomorrow. Cash all those bets. Have a good night, everybody. Have a good night, Las Vegas. Peace.